Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I had a dream the other day. I was standing in my father's house with a contractor and this contractor was pointing out all of the wood that had been eaten up by termites. And I said, fine, let's get started rebuilding it. Then as soon as I said that, there were dozens of people all around me debating on the best ways to rebuild the house. No, you need to do it this way. No, this is the better way. And I interrupted them to tell them that there's no point in arguing because that's not the way to do it. Anyway, that strange scene changed then and there was no more discussion about the house. Now I began seeing uh, or witnessing arguments and wars throughout human history. I'm see if I can describe this uh, in the most understandable way. I was witnessing the progression of humanity. People from different cultures and times all trying to rationalize their behavior and justify their actions. It felt like I was witnessing thousands and thousands of years, different peoples defending their point, defending their religion, their land, going to war with nations. But everything always ended the same, back where they started. They made such wonderful cases for why their way is the best way. And many times I thought, this is it. This is the way we break the cycle. And then back to the beginning again. Different faces, different times, but the same problems, the same cultural divides. A tyrant rises, the people revolt and overthrow the government, and then those people that were liberators become the tyrant later on. Over and over again, I was witnessing this round and around, and it really felt like I was witnessing it for thousands of years. I felt old, not tired or worn out, but unaccountably ancient. I watched as nations rose and fell, and everything began to speed up. Do you remember the movie War Games, uh, when Matthew Broderick's character tricks the computer at NORAD to play tic-tac-toe, to teach it that there are some no-win situations? Uh, it's to prevent thermonuclear warfare. Do you remember the movie? So he gets him to play the computer to play tic-tac-toe, and they, it plays it over and over, then it starts speeding up playing thousands of rounds a second, Brrr, always coming to the realization that there is no way to win this game every time. And that's what this dream was like at this point. Everything started speeding up. I was watching everything fly by at light speed, societies appearing and disappearing in fractions of seconds, round and round. It was maddening. When I thought I couldn't handle it anymore, I thought the words, that's enough, then everything just stopped. No more movement, no more noise just silence. I could see all of humanity laid out before me, and I was speaking to all of creation now, and it was listening. I said, you can't escape the circle through self-justification and rationalizing. The only way to break out is through forgiveness. And then I woke up. Now that same morning, I came across a post on Facebook with a quote from Neville's lecture, The Man Within. And thanks to Natalie Stroud for that post. Uh, thanks, Natalie. You can check it out if you're, if you're in the Vibe Project group on Facebook. It's in there. And by the way, I've mentioned this before. Check out Natalie's blog post 
at thevyproject.org. It's a great site. Anyway, here's the quote. This is Neville answering a question about the new world. Tell you what the new world is like? Sir, how on earth could I tell you what the new world is like? There are no words here to describe the world that I have seen. How can I tell you that in that age you are omnipresent, when in this age you're confined to one little small section of space and time? So how can I tell you that you can give your attention to all at the same time? And I mean all your attention to each. How can I tell anyone that? It doesn't make sense here. So to explain it to you, the power, I'm speaking of the creative power, that the world is the world of creation, not a world of holiness that the world speaks of. That would be hell. If all the so-called holy people entered that world, I would say, please do me a favor. Don't let me go there. There's no condemnation. There's no self-justification. It's all forgiveness. Everything is forgiveness. Know what forgiveness is? It's a creative power. You take anyone in this world, and the minute you see them less than they ought to be seen, you identify them with the idea that you'd like to see them express and persuade yourself that they are expressing it. That is creative power. It tests your ability to enter the opposite and partake in the opposite. It's all creation. And here you start to create in the biggest way by using your imagination. So dream nobly. And just put yourself into your dream as though it were true. And then try to be faithful to your vision regardless of what happens. You are preparing yourself for the new age. For that new age is all creation. Forgiveness, the way Neville teaches it, is something, it's not something that uh, I have to hope for from some God up there. Something that I have to plead for and beg for. It's what each one of us can start practicing right now. When you move from a state of want into a new state of consciousness, you forgive yourself. When you lift up another from destitute to thriving, you have forgiven that seeming other. Growing up, I was taught that only Jesus Christ could forgive sin, and I had to make sure I went to church every Sunday and hope that I don't die while committing a sin, because then if <laughs> I might not make it to heaven unless Jesus has mercy on me and forgives me for that last little sin I committed. And that just isn't the case. The Bible tells me that Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, and that Jesus Christ is in me, and that the kingdom of God is within me. It's always pointing to myself, and God's name is I Am. So there's no one out there that needs to forgive me. I have to do it. This beautiful power and wisdom that is all things is within me. And that makes the Bible even more wonderful to me. Now I know that Jesus Christ is the personification of the power and wisdom of what we call God. But it is I am. My I amness, my awareness of being is the only thing that can forgive sin. To sin is to miss the mark. So when I continue to live in misery, wanting a better life, but I continue trotting through my day, feeling sorry for myself or blaming others, I'm failing to occupy a state of my wish fulfilled. I'm sinning. I'm missing the mark. I continue to think of my wish and not from its fulfillment. The only remedy for sin is forgiveness. 
I must totally abandon my previous state and occupy the new if I am to forgive myself. To forgive is to completely forget the state. If I am no longer happy with my present circumstances, I must move into a state of my choosing and completely let the old state die. Forget my identification with that state. Now, I can't destroy states. That's the way Neville teaches it, that there are these infinite states of consciousness that man, forgetting that he is God, moves through. The state of poverty exists for everyone. But by moving into my new state of financial freedom and occupying that state, I stop giving life to the state of poverty in my life. And you can do it. How would you feel if you were wealthy right now? How would I feel if I have been financially free for some time now? How would I feel if I were fit and healthy? I cannot experience anything that I haven't moved into in imagination. It cannot be in my life if I haven't consented to it. My I amness kills and makes alive. I and only I wound and heal. My assumptions give life to dead states. My imagination animates it all. This reminds me of a wonderful quote from Natalie uh, Stroud. This came up in an open call we did in the chat area. She said this, my assumptions are all that is. I love that. My assumptions are all that is. Romans 4.17 says, God is the one giving life to the dead and calling the things not being as being. God is your awareness of being, your imagination. So if you reread that verse with that in mind, my imagination gives life to and animates the dead and moves into any state of being. That's forgiveness. I withdraw my life-giving attention from the state I want to leave behind and become aware of being the new state of mind. I am no longer thinking from the old state. I am now thinking from the new state. I am now seeing my world and thinking from the state of my wishes fulfillment. If I'm sick and want to improve my health, I imagine the feeling of being fit and healthy. I will now maintain that feeling that I am healthy, even though I might still have symptoms. If I get upset because of the symptoms, then that's a clear indicator that I am back to thinking from the ill state. I'm no longer thinking from the state of health. And when I notice I'm doing that, I just take a moment. I get still. Be still and know that I am God. It's just a little pause, a pause from engaging in the world around me. And I take a deep breath and I go back to that formless, faceless state. I don't say it, but I think I, as if I'm saying I am, but I just stop at I. For me, that drops me out of everything around me. And I'm in that formless and faceless state. It's so fast. And I move from that state, from that silence, that stillness, back into the state of my choosing. Or I just linger there for a little while. I love it. Now, if you don't believe, I mean, really accept that imagining creates reality, then this might seem to take longer for you. And you might get frustrated. But even that is only an assumption that it has to take a, uh, you know, a long time. 
You'll end up blowing more money, though, on coaching sessions and programs and books and still be frustrated and broke if you're willing to hold on to forces and powers outside of you. I did it for a good long while. I scoured Facebook and other online resources thinking I needed something from them to fix my shit. One more story from someone, one more post. Let's do another video before going to bed. I was so consumed with it, I was making them into false gods. In my search for understanding of, of what Neville was teaching, I was putting my reliance on other people. I was replacing one doctrine with the other. I moved from the old doctrine of the church that I grew up in to now making this into some strict thing and, and relying on special teachers and gurus out there. And that's not what Neville's saying. Neville's saying, turn within, that you are the operant power. So how do you get to that point of knowing beyond any doubt that imagining creates reality? Well, for me, it wasn't buying more shit or more meditation CDs or anything from anyone. I had to test it. I started taking every desire and assuming the feeling of those desires fulfilled. I failed so often, but I kept going. I kept putting my imagination to the test. And I started noticing the wins and the many not-so-wins. <laughs> and then I couldn't come to any other conclusion. Even in those failures, those moments that seemed like failures, I could not deny that I am the cause of the phenomena of life. That my imagination kills and gives life. And if I want to really make some changes, then I need to start paying attention to what I'm imagining throughout the day. I choose the state I want to inhabit. If I've been in a state of poverty and want to be wealthy, I assume the feeling of that new state. If I want to construct a little scene that implies my wealthy wish is fulfilled, I bring it up in my imagination. It can be anything. I use Kim most often for my little scenes, hearing her voice congratulating me or maybe I feel her embrace. I enter the scene knowing what that scene implies. Every time I use a hug from Kim, and I do often, I know what it, impl it implies each time. I'm very clear on what I'm imagining. I'll give you an example of something that happened to me in a moment of self-pity and frustration when I wasn't clear on what I was imagining. This was a very hot summer day. And I live down in Louisiana, and our summers can get pretty brutal. The heat and humidity, and I've lived here all my life, and I've never been a fan of the heat and humidity. Anyway, on this particular day, I reacted. I was so pissed at the heat. I thought, I just want to be able to wear my favorite hoodie again. So in that moment of self-pity, I imagined feeling the hoodie on me and zipping it up. I imagined feeling cold and needing the hoodie. Now, two days later, I woke up with horrible chills. My whole body ached. I was shaking. I was freezing. And as I was putting on my hoodie, I remembered that little hissy fit I had a couple of days before that. <laughs> now, if I'd paid attention to what I was thinking and feeling in that moment, I would have stopped right there and changed my attitude, my state, before, before going any further. I've got to pay attention to what, what that attitude is. What am I consenting to as true for me in my world throughout my day? Now, you might think, how did you, how did you know? How do you know that you caused that? You know, there's stuff going around. You could have just caught a bug. Because I know that imagining creates reality. 
I know I am the cause. There can be no other. So anytime something wonderful happens or something not so wonderful happens, I know I did it. And I don't go on, on a search for what did I do? What did I do? What did I imagine? Sometimes it's very clear. I know exactly what I was thinking and feeling, what I was imagining, but I know I did it. So I get clear in my mind what I want. I construct a little scene and just for a moment, just a moment of a scene, like the embrace from a loved one. And I hear them congratulate me for my success. I feel the reality of it. Now, initially when you're doing this, if you're like me, you'll have those moments, uh, and this happened very often in the beginning, where it just felt unreal. It just didn't feel real to me. It just felt like I was fantasizing. Okay, keep redoing that scene for a few minutes. Don't force it. Just enjoy it. Think about your wishes fulfillment, being the person you want to be, and let that scene come up naturally. Who would celebrate with you? Who would give you a high five or congratulate or hug you? Let it be completely natural and just live that moment right now in imagination. Once I've done that, it is now a memory. It's become a memory for me. I've already experienced it. And I know it must come about if I don't let doubt and worry run amok. Every time I use the word amok, which isn't often, I think of the, that movie uh, Hocus Pocus. I don't know if you saw it, but Bette Midler's character says something about uh, Halloween and how it's just all not the same anymore, where kids in their costumes are running amok and Sarah Je Jessica Parker's character starts dancing around saying, amok, amok, amok. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. Anyway. Now, you don't have to construct a scene. I don't all the time. Although, when I am thinking of the fulfillment of a particular desire, my family will naturally come up in my mind and I'll hear their voices automatically. So when that happens, I use it because that's what would naturally happen after the fulfillment of my wish. Once I moved into the state of my wish fulfilled, I, I just refuse to react to circumstances like I used to. When I do catch myself in a moment of reaction, I revise that little moment and get back into the preferred state. And I carry on. I always have the right of first refusal for any event. I stop accepting what the facts tell me if they are counter to what I want to experience. I know you probably have at least one big thing that's on your mind right now. Maybe it's money or health. I know to tell you not to keep uh, to not focus on that one big thing sounds crazy. But I also know that if you practice this art of imagining, this forgiveness for all of your desires and for seeming others, you'll start to understand from firsthand experience how simple it really is. Neville says that we are at the limit of contraction in these human garments. God crucified on humanity, going through the furnaces of affliction, forgetting who we really are until we start to break from this wheel of recurrence and begin expanding, never-ending expansion. And if you're listening to me, I know it's already happening for you or is about to happen. John 6.44 says, No one comes to me unless my Father, my awareness of being, calls them. Job 33.15 says, God speaks to man in dreams and visions of the night. So start paying attention to your dreams. I'm telling you, they're not just the unpacking of your day. It might seem that way, but there's a jet of truth in those dreams. Your true self is awakening, remembering that this whole thing is a dream. And just like when you wake up in a dream at night, a lucid dream, and you start to affect the dream, you'll start to do the same in this waking dream. 
There's so much beauty all around you. It is you. Even if right now everything and everyone appears separate and unrelated to you, that's part of this dream. The God that gives life to the dead and calls things into being is you. I do believe there are some universal symbolism that shows up in dreams, but I wouldn't run out and buy a dream dictionary. I trust the meaning of the dream will be clear to me. Sometimes I have a grasp on it immediately. Other times it takes a day or two, but I'll read something or hear something that speaks to it, that opens it up, unfolds the dream, the meaning of the dream for me. I trust myself, the Father within me, to show me and take some time to just rest in the silence for a few minutes during your day. You don't have to make a big production of it and worry about some special frequency to to play to get into the right uh, state. That's so ridiculous. You are the operant power, not someone's special YouTube video. Come on. Music is enjoyable. I love music. But there is no music that has any power over you that can get you into a state. So don't worry about all that. Just sit in the silence and enjoy the things you'll begin experiencing. Don't try to force anything. Just do it with no expectations or pressure. Just relax in the stillness. And you'll start to have these wonderful visions. You might think you're going insane at first, (laughs) but you're not. Insanity is thinking that what your five senses tell you is all there is. There's so much to explore. We're at this limit of contraction, but the expansion has no limit. Oh, no limit to it. Isn't that so cool? There's no one here <laughs> that can tell, can say that they're fully, uh, that they fully understand everything, that they're done. They've expanded and that's it. It's over. They're perfect. <laughs> There's no limit to it. So if someone wants you to recognize them as some ascended master, don't give them the attention they're craving. If there is no limit to expansion, then how can anyone in this sphere claim to be an ascended master? You be your own master. You be your own guru. You've been doing it all along. Now let's do it intentionally and enjoy it. Have some fun. Trust the stillness that you are. Always look within. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty.